0: for every living member of this household. Amen. Father, we thank you for the just men made perfect and the heavenly hosts. Father, we thank you for the church of the firstborn, that which we're a part of. All those that have gone before us, Father, in preparation of the return of your Son. Most of all, we thank you for your love. You are love. Your life and the demonstration of your Son laying his life down for us in exchange. Is an expression of your love. The power of his resurrection Amen. from death into life is an expression of your love. So, Father, make our hearts tender towards you this morning. Holy Spirit, let us hear what you have to say. Let it penetrate far beyond our mind and our thoughts and anything that might interfere, with the Holy Spirit, what the Father would want us to say, right upon our hearts placed within us to where the Word would become manifest and made flesh. Not something that we would do, it's something that we would become. The living amen. Word, walking out, that all might see your hand. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, it's pretty exciting. We're now in part two of This is Love. Yes. Last week was very powerful. I hope that it allowed for many of us to have a greater understanding of truly the work of the cross, the sacrificial lamb. (laughs) Jesus laid his life down. He bore the sins of the world and in turn allowed you and I to be set free from the sin of Adam to today to that which is tomorrow. The power of the blood of Jesus, his sacrifice has atoned that you and I are no longer under Amen? The debt of sin. No longer under the debt of sin. But we are now, Father, those <coughs> that have embraced the life of your Son, Jesus. That Yes, Jesus, you bore my sins. You took them to the grave. Amen? Amen. And now you have risen on the yeah. third day and yeah. seated at the right yeah. hand I of I the Father. In that. Jesus' That's name. Exactly. Amen. Yeah. <coughs> This part of the resurrection is is very, very tremendous, powerful for we as Christians because you look at all the religions of the world. There are no religions that can state the fact that we as Christians Christians can say as given proof that one has died for all and rose from the dead. and is seated at the right hand of the Father at His throne. And that's the distinction. If anybody ever comes to you and says, well, it's just one God and we all have the same access and there's many ways to God. Mm -hmm. There's only one way to see our sin, our debt sin paid, and that's through Jesus Christ. There's no other Dalai Lama, there's no other... Golden calf, there isn't anything that can no. take the place that will bring you freedom. Even what Tom and Judy are talking about. Only the Holy Spirit, by the blood of Jesus, can bring them to the place and saying, Okay, these memories are living and alive. Right. Amen. Right. And if this is a bondage, if this is containing us, holding us back, then we surrender to you. On. But only you, Lord Jesus can bring us peace to know that it's time for us to make this move. And not just make the move, but you're going to place us where you want us to be. Because God, mm-hmm. intimately, when that death came, when Jesus died upon the cross, yeah. the veil that separated man from God was rent. Now, Tom can, and Judy can go face to face with the Father and say, Father, you know our condition. You know the memories. You know the things that are in our heart. But I know you have a plan for us. And we are going to respond to that, Father. And Holy Spirit, you're going to quicken in us, not just the revealing of what we're to do and where we're to go, but you're going to empower us to be able to do it. In Jesus' name. Amen? So that's where we stand with you, Tom and Judy. Let thy will be done, Father, on earth as it is in heaven, in your time and in your way. Amen. So it's pretty exciting because I'm just going to read you there's such a powerful expression of Paul regarding that which was his death and his resurrection. And this is going to be uh, part two, which is the power of his resurrection. And I'm going to be reading from 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 through 5. These are Paul's words. That Jesus died on a cross for our sins, according to the Scriptures. And he was buried... And that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. And that Jesus was seen by Peter and the Twelve. So that's the power of the testimony of death and resurrection. So let me tell you what Merriam-Webster says about resurrection. The rising of Jesus from the dead. (laughs) To raise from the dead. So if you're ever concerned about, Paul said, so the scripture says, so for those of you that don't recognize the scriptures, and if you recognize Webster's Dictionary, they affirmed what the scriptures say. That Jesus rose from the dead. Period. That's resurrection. Hmm. resurrection Amen. (laughs) Now there's so much to be said about the power of the resurrection. We look at Resurrection Sunday. We look at that which preceded Good Friday and all the things that transpired. And so much of our identity is redemption. Being forgiven of our sins. Which is the the hallmark of who we are. And kind of what we were joking about earlier with Sean Wilder being gone and with our brother Chris. Okay, okay, that being transformed, being translated. Amen. Those are the, so one of the greatest testimonies that we have as Christians, that when we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we also identify with His death. And the Word says that when we express the very heart cry that Jesus, You had died, died for my sins, I accept You as my personal Savior, and I acknowledge that You rose from the dead then the Word says that we are translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and the glory of His Son. Amen? Amen. But as I begin to read a little bit more to you this morning, I'm hoping that there's something that you recognize by the Spirit as Paul was writing this scripture concerning the resurrection. Because most of us, if you've been in the influence of, of church over the as many years that I have, the fire and brimstone, the preaching of hell and salvation, those are often the emphasis of why someone wants to accept Jesus into their life because they don't want to go to hell. But can I tell you, can I just present this before you, that the death. And the resurrection of Jesus is far more than just escaping hell. So much more than escaping hell and damnation. Well, I've heard so much about hell, I don't want to go there. I'm like in a living hell now already. I don't want to go there. So I guess I'd rather be over on the other side. No. The power of the resurrection is so much more. Hallelujah. This is Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. And I want you, if you will, to hear the heart of Paul. Because as I was preparing for this these last few days, and the presence that we've experienced already this morning of the heart of the Father... There's been a lot of anticipation and expectation for our family meal, this being our Passover meal that we have moved from our normal Thursday night to this Sunday morning to be a part of our gathering here. But recognizing there's something that's so supernatural that when we break bread, there's a manifestation, there's a demonstration that the Holy Spirit comes in our hearts and quickens and makes alive our relationship with one another and our relationship with Jesus and the Father. So when we're talking about the power of the resurrection, I want you to listen to this maybe a little bit differently from what you have before. Now this is Paul, Philippians 3, verse 10. And I can I can picture Paul expressing these words. That I might know him. That I might know Him intimately, deeply, and in the same way come to know the overflowing power of His resurrection. I want that just to settle in your spirit for a minute. Paul had that encounter on a horse. But as you read the story, you understand that he was one who persecuted Christians, put them to death, brought them to prison. His lifelong purpose, he was really a Pharisee of Pharisees. He knew the law better than most. And his life was given to persecute Jesus. He was driven. There was nobody like him. And then when it came to the encounter of the person of Jesus, recognizing Shirley blinded for that time gave him an opportunity to weigh, to ponder, because he and those soldiers that were around him heard his voice. Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? See for Paul it wasn't just redemption for all that he had done, all the lives that he had put to death. Stephen Stoning. There was something that he longed to hear that voice that that I might know him because he only had a glimpse. The disciples had three and a half years with Jesus. Paul had a glimpse, one encounter that completely changed his view in everything. That is love. Love captured a man that changed the culture of the way he was raised, the way he thought, the way he saw, but not just of those all around him and the families that were still living of those that he had persecuted and put to death, but also himself. When I began to ponder this whole aspect of the power of the resurrection, and Resurrection Sunday, and I know that we love the the excitement of it all, and the the fast songs, and the recognition that the, the tomb is empty, But if Philippians 3, verse 10, could be written upon your heart yeah. Yeah. of when we become grateful of that which the price that was paid for all of our sins, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory. But the Father intended more than just redemption. He desired more than just the debt to be paid, or He would have allowed the continuation of lambs and bulls. But the Father wanted you to know Him. He wanted relationship. He knew the only way to restore that which Adam and Eve gave up was to bring His Son that once and for all, the pure sacrifice, That then would bring the power of sin and death to an end once and for all in his creation. And that through that process, through the power of the resurrection, he's the first of many, the firstborn. Mm -hmm. That then would be restored once again to walk with the Father we have so many different pictures in our mind right in the by and by the mansion in the heavenly realm my place how did Jesus teach us to pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done where on earth earth, as it is in heaven He wants us in our hearts to go beyond just I'm redeemed and someday in the by and by I'm going to meet Him. He wants to walk with you. He wants to have an intimate, personal, ongoing relationship with you. And I believe that's in part how Paul struggled because if it were here, his will, he would rather have gone to heaven, yeah. according to the scriptures. But he said, But for you I remain. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Paul talked about being clothed from heaven, still on earth, yeah. Yeah. that I might know him. There was a longing, there was a desire in Paul's heart, because in different stages of his life it became more real. And more evident that his experience, his glorified state wasn't going to take place in the timetable that he thought. Mm -hmm. It would be some 2,000 years later. But I want to read Genesis to you because this is what the heart of the Father is. For every person that he's created in his image. And I'm hoping this morning that as we, even as we break bread together, and as we ponder and allow His Word to become alive and, and awakened in our heart, that begins to transform the way we see, the way we hear, our expectations. Listen to this. This is Genesis 5, and I love this. Enoch lived 365 years before the father came to him. Did you hear that? Enoch lived 365 days before the Father came to get him. He didn't die. But listen to what the Scripture says. Enoch walked with God and he being Enoch was no more. For God the Father took him. Can you imagine? There was something in the heart of the Father saying, I I want to be with him. I can't come to the earth because my holiness will destroy all that there is. But I can bring him to me. Moses was a friend of God. Did Moses see death? Mm -mm. He had not lost his sight. He had not lost his speech, he crossed over. When we begin to really ponder this life that we've been given to live, these relationships, these opportunities that we have with one another. In the days of the early church, Paul was always dealing with works. Because they're still trying to bring them under the law and somehow bring Jesus into it. But Jesus sent, set us free from works. But how the church has unfortunately geared itself up to miss some of these really special, intimate expressions of why we've been redeemed. It isn't just to escape our sin. When you talk to people, and we've said it a million times, when you invite somebody to come to church, what's the first thing to say? Well, the roof will probably fall in. Can you imagine if their first encounter in church or with a Christian was, well, I remember when they were sitting down with me, the thing that stood out most was they kept saying this phrase that Paul spoke, oh, that I might know him. Do you think that would change the first impression of a person that would have an encounter with Christ rather than dressing up and look, looking perfect so you don't show any of your past and being fearful of whether or not you're going to be accepted or not because you know you probably sin more than most people have? The power of the resurrection in our testimony should be. You know what? I just so long to know him. You know, you're asking me about Christianity, and you're asking me about my life, and yeah, my life has changed, and I'm not the same person that I was, and that surely there are things in my life that I wish that I didn't do, (laughs) and I wish there were things that I did do. Does that sound familiar, Paul? Paul? you know, the thing that's got me most captivated is that I would know him more. More deeply and more intimately in the overwhelming power of his person. Do you think that might change somebody's view about church or about Christianity or how some have said that, uh, you know, Lana, you really can't understand what I'm going through because, uh, You've never had a bad word come out of your mouth, and so uh, you just can't relate to what I'm going through. You've had a silver spoon in your life all your days. Oh, really? But see, that's what's taking place right now. And just stop, think about it. If you'll, if, can I use you as an example, Brian? He has so transformed over this last year. It's not the same man. Yet there's something that is compelling his heart. Surely he wants to be with his family. I haven't been able to do that for ten years. And Easter, Passover, is an important time. Especially if you live in Boston. But do you think maybe the Holy Spirit was kind of pulling on the inward man of Brian and saying, you know what? We have somebody that we need to go see. And I need your legs to take me there. Mm. I I, I need your mouth because I'm afraid if I appear, it might freak them out. And I'll have to say, do not fear. <laughs> but I think they'll listen to you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And so what's the power and the demonstration of the resurrection that's alive in Brian because he's the container of life. The old man, every week, every day, is passing away. And all it takes is a touch. Did you hug her? She's in trouble now. Come on, Jesus just hugged her. You think she's going to be the same? No. 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 Hey Brian, why don't we uh, why don't we somehow team up and find her brother down in Rhode Island? Why don't we just do the same thing with him? And if she could say it, if her spirit could talk, let's take Jesus to our brother. That's the power of the resurrection. That's the intimate knowing. Or you could take you could take a, a crucifix. You could take her a Bible, right? Right? You could have gone to that family reunion and say, "Hey, sister, here I am." And what Thank we what would, what would she would have done, right? Uh, Brian, uh, can't you put that stuff down and just hug me? The word is flesh. You don't need to take a Bible. No. You need to thump somebody over the head with it. You can, you're a container of the living word, Brian. Pull out her rosaries. There you go. The religious duel, huh? Religion. Mine's better than yours. Mine's got more power than yours. Oh, come on! Oh, I got the rosary. I got. Long. I got a twenty-foot one. See, it's a joke. But have not we lived this? I've been living a long time, and that's what I grew up with. And there's so much that's resident upon us, this residue, that we come to Resurrection Sunday and, well, did he really raise up? And gee, you know, I don't really, I'm not sure if I believe the word or not. You know, the thing's 2,000 years old and really, you know, people wrote it and it was translated and retranslated. And now there's 30 different translations. And so I don't think any of them are really right. You know the right translation, Andrew? It's been written on your heart. Man can't change it. Man can't remove it. Man can't even add its own definition. Merriam-Webster says, Jesus rose from the dead. Paul said, so the Scripture says, Jesus rose on the third day. My spirit knows that written upon my heart, Jesus rose on the third day, Seated at the right hand of the Father, I've asked Him to come into my life. Now He lives in me. It doesn't have to be a definition in the Webster's Dictionary because I'm living it. Because He's alive. He's in me. And every time I can touch Brian, Father, impart the life of who You are. Bring this man to wholeness. And then what does he do? This burning inside. I don't know what, but I, I want to be with my family, Pastor. It's been 10 years. Oh, really? I know where that came from. Because the Holy Spirit longs to restore family. And he wants to bring his life in family. And he wants to go beyond a rosary. And God knows the only way to reach into his sister's heart is through the love of the person of her brother. That happens to carry Jesus. And she didn't know about it. But she's going to. That is the power of the resurrection. You don't need a picture of the empty tomb, the angel up on top, and Mary outside and saying, where is Jesus? Because he's in here. He's right here. And nobody can take that away from you. Nobody convinced you. Nobody's going to unconvince you. Because it's real. How are we doing on time? Chris? Did Chris leave? Are we on time? All right. So, Father, we have one more time. See, what I'm hoping that this will do, hang on just a second, I'm hoping what this will do for you is that now everywhere you go, Dory, when you go into the delivery setting, you're going to know that, that I would know him more in this moment. Holy Spirit, I've got this concerned, a little premature, I've got these things that might be going on, but through all of this, which seems to be maybe adversity, something that's more than what I can handle. But I remember the words of Paul, Jesus, I might know you more in this moment, but I'm on knowing you more deeply and intimately." And I've experienced at this very moment, because I've given birth before, and I know what that feels like. But if I might just experience the overwhelming power, not of my own, not of my own abilities, yes, amen. the overflowing power of that resurrection that all things are possible. All things are possible in you. And allow me to experience the peace of your presence. Because, Father, you're the giver of life. So you do what you do best. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Yes, Val. Well, the, uh, a few weeks back, mm-hmm. I brought in some
1: uh, CDs yes. of church, church, church music. music. Yes. Well, I took one of them and I lent it to my sister. <laughs> Never got it back, but uh-huh. we finally told her that she could keep it. After we told her that, two or three weeks down the line, I go into a uh, Walmart and I managed to get into the music. I was looking it all real hard. I finally walked in. and uh, Here I find Alan Jackson again, oh. the one that I had gave to my sister. Oh. I was like, "Oh, cool! This works. <laughs> awesome. It goes around." With
0: See, what you give away, he always brings back and increases. Because it's his anyway. But did you hear that? Because Val has a heart for her family. She has a heart for the people that are in the bus. She has a heart for the people in Walmart. So what does the Holy Spirit say? Let's go down and see your sister and let's take her that CD. Well, guess what? Your sister doesn't want to give the CD back. Right? So, what does the Holy Spirit say? Let's go over to Walmart, Val. There's a whole bunch of CDs here, but I guess what I've got your replacement waiting for you.
1: It's hiding
0: over here. You'll find it if you look. See, that's walking by the Spirit, and the power of the resurrection of Christ in you allows us. Jesus says in the Book of John, "Father, as you sent me into the world." I send them. Do not take them out of this world, but keep them from the evil one. Everything that Jesus did was orchestrated by the Father, through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus' submission. So what's what's vow learning? Hmm. I guess maybe if I go over to Walmart, maybe God's going to do something there. Maybe I'm supposed to see somebody. No, let's, let's go over to the CD setting. All it takes is a willingness. Right. Say, so, okay, Holy Spirit, I, I, I can sense. And that's what really took place with Brian. Because he's learning how to walk as a son. See, we keep putting this religious setting on ourselves that we just attend church, and then how can God use me? Are you kidding me? Look at all the family you read about in the Bible. Should David ever been king? Not in my book.
1: No.
0: Right? Not in my judgments. For all the sin that he involved himself with. So good to see you, Dory. I listened to your phone call. and I've been praying for your son. So that is where we are right now as the family of God learning and understanding allowing the Holy Spirit to write upon our hearts quicken and make alive the very expressions of the word made flesh. And we are learning how to walk the scriptures out oh that I might know Him that I might intimately and deeply know Him. And in the same way, the overwhelming power, overwhelming, takes over my life. It's no longer me that lives. That's what Paul was saying. It's no longer I that live, but that overwhelming power of Christ who lives in me. And the power of His resurrection. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the atmosphere. I thank you for the worship Thank you for the hearts of every person here this morning. I thank you, Father, for the heavenly hosts, the angels assigned to this house. Father, I thank that you've allowed us to join the heavenly setting, the heavenly realm, where we, Father, have brought our worship, our assembling, our gathering into the house of the firstborn, into all of those, Father, all over the earth that have worshipped you this morning and have responded to your word. And purpose, Father, to see the expression, make us one, Father. Make this household one as you and your son are one. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That's right. Title is The Power of the Resurrection.